You're listening to Two Not-So-Rad Dads, a weekly podcast about two dads who live on the same block and all the shit they deal with on a daily basis. Ugh. When we can talk and not cough, <laughs> we'll discuss our struggles as parents and what it's like raising boys in today's society. We also talk about things like what bud we're smoking and how to talk to your kids about treasonous bastards. Mm-hmm. We'll share our darkest secrets about our kids and ramble on about police reform and accountability. We do this and a whole lot more while smoking weed together in a garage. I'm your co-host, JD. And I'm Billy. And this is episode three of Two Two Not-So-Rad Dads. This week's uh, podcast is sponsored by... Uh, Well, there's no sponsor because I dropped the ball on my parlay. Actually, on all of them. Yeah. Man, we'll, we'll, we'll... get into it on the catch-up but first let's talk about uh oh wait let's let, it's not really theme music it's like a sound effect yeah let's get that i can hear ribbon. it already oh my god i hear it i hear it it's wonderful what are you smoking i'm smoking some weed that our neighbor Antonin grew this year Antonin grew oh, yeah. three plants i grew one and he grew this plant called rude boy og and when this thing was coming to flower, it was so massive. I kept yeah, going over to his house wow. and being like, oh, let me see your plant. And then going back to my plant and being like, oh, man, my plant is so tight. Like, this I have the no one weed. in the way back of his house. Yeah, right? the back left corner. Yep. Yep. And so this plant, uh, it was great, man. He did deal with a little bit of mold that he kind of uh, took care of that issue. But this stuff has got so many crystals on it and it tastes so good. And the first time I smoked it, I was actually at his house helping him trim it and i was like oh maybe this is too much (laughs) at first i was like i I don't know if i can smoke this during the day so um but i now smoke it during the day and you know what i didn't know it's an indica dominant plant and i usually don't like indicas but man i love this one this one's really great i gotta Um, get some more of that from you yes we'll Um, we'll make that happen what do you got i am smoking something called farmer's fire um this this all is from again from applegate valley is that from it's, that nectar spot? Yeah, the same thing I picked up last week. Um, I still have like an eighth or so, uh, a little less than an eighth left and a little bit more of uh, the other stuff, and it's pretty good. And it was only, this was only six bucks. For an eighth? No, uh, I guess it was six bucks a gram. Oh, okay. But an eighth for 15. Yeah. So two for 30. Yeah. And that is amazing. I mean, I always think back, man, if I was smoking this, if I was buying this at Rutgers in the 90s, this would definitely have cost me 65 bucks for an eighth. Yeah. And if it was in New York, it would have been probably a little later on, probably around 45, 50, but I probably would have ended up paying 60 anyway. Yep. But it probably would have been a little, maybe a little higher than a mid. But uh, yeah, it's pretty good stuff. But I got to get some more of that Antonin. That was, yeah, that that plant was great, dude. Yeah. It's so wonderful to live here. Like we'll be riding bikes and I'll just ride by and smell wonderful marijuana <laughs> and look and see that one neighbor is just growing a huge plant in the backyard. I mean, it's Lee, you know, yep. nobody, nobody yep. says anything about it. And I think it, I mean, I love the smell of weed. I always yeah. have. I can remember the first time I ever smelled weed was at a Jets game. <laughs> um, we used to go, later on, we'd go at Old Giant Stadium. There were these spiral staircases on all okay. four sides. 
And at halftime, everyone would go out and smoke weed. And wow. the cop, nobody cared. Uh-huh. I mean, come on, you're at a football game. They wanted them to smoke weed, not drink. Yeah, because they're going to be not fighting as yes, much and they're going to be eating more It calmed more food. everybody down for halftime. And um, I remember smelling it. I said to my dad, what is that? And he'd be like, it's a cigar. And I remember, <laughs> I think my friend, uh, my dad's friend, Johnny Cowan, who used to have the tickets with us for the Jets, said, Ray, stop lying to him. It's weed. They're smoking weed. <laughs> and he started like making fun of my dad, you know, that he was trying to hide it because my dad had smoked weed. Um, but uh, I love the smell of it. Are you yeah. a, have you always been a weed uh, smell f- uh, fan? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always, yeah, I, en- yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean, I even, it, almost to the point where I smell skunk and I'm kind of like, yeah, Ooh, do I like that? Yeah. Like, does, what's does that skunk that, smoking? Does that bother me? You know? So, yeah, I've always loved weed and I think it's a beautiful plant. And it's real. if you've never grown it, man, it's so much fun to grow yeah, and to like it. watch it develop and bloom and if you like really take care of it you can really get into it and it's it's fun you know yeah it's i like cool. that idea I, well we're only renting right now so i can't grow anything on the property oh is that um, that's probably like now part of most yeah, uh, rental contracts huh? yeah so i don't really have an issue with that i mean i i think it probably goes back more to when it was first legal and they just didn't update the thing and people were like putting mm-hmm. big grow houses and right. I was, I'm not going to do anything lights. I would just do it outside. Right. Um, but you know, I don't, it's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's like, law. I mean, there is some to. laws in the state that you have to abide by. Like you can't grow more than four plants yeah. and you technically can't have more than eight ounces in your house. And so I think it even, a lot. it's written in the law. Well, I mean, you're going to get eight ounces from one plant. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, so if you grow four plants, you're like automatically you've got more than you should unless you grow really small plants. And so then I think it's written in the law. It says something like if you have more than eight ounces, you need to give it to your friends. Nice. I like that. Yeah. They, it's like, like, it's not like, yeah, they're like, just give that shit away. I think that's that's pretty cool, man. All right. So, well, let's stop talking about weed. We've got a lot to cover because, man, what a crazy week. Yes. Well, let's start off with what we were talking about. We did. I did talk a little bit about my parlay bets. Yes. And I lost on everything. Um, this was a crazy weekend in the NFL. We had a lot of upsets. I, I, I should try to bring it up on my phone. I did win on the Browns, though. I did my mom's husband, my second stepfather. Mm-hmm was like, take the Browns minus four. So I put five bucks on that and I won on that, but I lost on, uh, which, which was the, what was the upset? So this is what happens when you smoke weed. Well, right the Seahawks lost. Start. That was the game the that killed me. Yeah. That's the one that started. Your, that killed your all of my, yeah. all of my parlays were killed by that. And yeah. Cause you snuck by on that first game. What was the yeah. first game? Yeah, I was texting you about. So the Bills beat the Colts. Right, that game. And that was a little bit iffy. Um, so the Saturday games were pretty decent. You know, I should just bring them up on my phone because bo- I think both of us are too stoned to remember. You know, a fun thing, if you just bring up, if you just type NFL into Google, it brings up all the games. It just shows you all the games. Oh, yeah, Google's great for that. Oh, I love Google, man. What's up with that Google? Um <laughs> So Rams beat the Colts, uh, the Colts beat the Bills, yep. then the Rams beat the Seahawks, and I lost everything. And that was the second game. And man, the Seahawks, 
I feel like this is how the Seahawks play. Yeah, and is we're here like, in the Pacific Northwest, yeah. we should remind And I've people. adopted that team. Yes, like, many people have. Back, see, originally, I'm a, I'm a college football fan. I'm a USC fan. I grew up a USC fan. My dad's a diehard USC fan to the point that he almost named me Orenthal James after OJ Simpson. Oh, you told me He's that. had that season tickets amazing. since 1969. I mean, this wow. guy bleeds cardinal and gold. And so I grew up in that like house of like every Saturday we watch college football. We went, you know, we went to games almost every. I thought people just went to college football games. I didn't know that that was a thing. I remember going to my first duck game and looking around at the stadium and being like, man, this place is so small. My friend's like, yeah, because you go to the Coliseum to watch college football games. Like you see football in one of the greatest stadiums in the country. You're like so spoiled. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even know. Um, So. I I was so pissed at Pete Carroll when he left USC during that Reggie Bush scandal. Completely understand why, but man, I really felt like dad was walking out on the family. And so for a long time, I didn't like the Seahawks because of Pete oh, Carroll. Because, that's funny because I like the Seahawks because of Pete Carroll. Yes, and most people do because Pete Carroll's a wonderful dude. But he was a, he was a Jets head coach. Right, before he, he was SC, Yeah, right? he was the Jets what was he, their offensive coordinator? Isn't is Pete Carroll an offensive or a defensive guy? He's an offensive coordinator, I thought. Yes, I believe he was so. with the Jets. Uh, every Jet fan wanted him to become the coach when Joe Walton was the coach. He finally became the coach, and they fired him. I think after two seasons. And but this yes, was he did terrible. He did, but this was also when Leon Hess was selling the team, uh, and so. I don't know that there was really, it may have just been like a vendetta where the GM was like, we're firing Carol because I want to keep my job when the team gets mm-hmm. sold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love Pete Carroll, but I think that this game showed us, I think they got to shake it up. I think a lot of these older teams, they see Belichick and Brady doing it for 20 years. And then you see like, why is Pete Carroll still coaching the Seahawks? They should get rid of him. Tomlin uh, in Pittsburgh, get rid of him. Yeah. We got we need some new just like the new fresh quarterbacks, we need new head coaches. I'm glad the Jets are getting a head coach, but just to go through the other games. Then the Bucks beat uh Washington. The Ravens, I thought the Ravens were going to kill the Titans or the Titans would barely win. Right. You picked the Titans to, to, yes, to win, though. I thought the Titans would barely win, but they lost. But I did recover because I did a kind of fun little parlays with the teams that were left. And I got to tell you, I've been having fun with the... Uh, I think I'm getting... I think I'm doing better at the betting instead of doing so many stupid bets like somebody's going to score a defensive touchdown in the third quarter. <laughs> well, no, but I think some of those bets are so great. Cause yeah, the, but the, you could spend a lot. You can waste. I'll easily wait for me a lot of money, like $5 yeah. five right. on nothing on five dumb bets yeah, that are never going to happen. But dude, if it hit, cause I mean, there's a couple, a couple <laughs> like, wasn't it during the C, the Seahawks game, the Rams scored a, t- uh, a pick six and yes, I instantly thought, I know shit. I should have put five right. bucks I, that, you know, and it, but before the game, I'm like thinking about it and I'm like, there you, is dude. no way that the Rams are going to intercept a ball and yeah. run it back for a touchdown. Well, how There's about no the Browns game? It. it starts out with the Steelers uh, center 
um, just flying the ball over Roethlisberger's head, and then there's a touchdown, and the Browns oh score a touchdown within what seven seconds right. of the oh, game. Oh, that's starting. right, because the Browns just came out. Yeah, and firing. I said to myself, "Oh man, I should have had Browns defense." But that's how they get you. So I'm learning, yeah. and especially with I think my lesson after three weeks of doing a little because when i talk to my other friends that bet they're they're always laughing at me because uh-huh. i was like oh my god i won so much and they were like how much i was like i won ten dollars right 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 i'm so excited but i have learned that those odds are there for a reason mm-hmm. because those things are not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna win so when the odds are like you know minus 110 that's good that's what you should be looking at not the plus like anything that's a plus where you're like oh i could win big it is there for a reason well then what does minus 110 even mean so you have to bet a hundred dollars to win this much money you have to bet a hundred to win 110 so if you so if it's if the if the odd is if I say the odds are plus one twenty five, mm-hmm. I'd have to bet a hundred dollars to win twenty five dollars. Got you right because you win it back right. Mm-hmm. So I so you'd win back you'd win a hundred and twenty five, mm-hmm. but you'd only really win twenty five. Right, that's the catch. You think oh I could win a hundred twenty no, but you're betting a hundred dollars right? right. So. On if you that's why I got attracted to the parlays because you can stack good bets instead of bad. So you can say, hey, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for 300 yards. That's almost a given. Right. Right. And, um, you know, like, say, Juju Smith Schuster is going to get 100 yards, which he did. Mm -hmm. If I had made a bet like that, a parlay over weeks, which you can do with some places, I could win. And those are solid bets. But what I was doing when I first got onto it, because it's an app, I'm like hitting every button. Ah. (laughs) I'm like, I look at it's like. If this tight end who has caught four passes all season catches the first touchdown, <laughs> I could win $500 on a dollar bet. So I'm like, I'm betting that. And then I look at it and I'm like, I lost 10 bucks. And I was like, because I did like, like five to 10 really stupid bets that are never going to happen. Yeah. But this weekend, I actually came out pretty even because I did some of the fun ones. But then I said, okay. I'm going to force myself to make good bets. And I did. And I made some smart bets that came out. And it turned out pretty good. I think, what did I get? Um, well, I think I did that. Roethlisberger for 300 yards and Juju for 100. I was like, that's going to happen. And it happened. Yep. You know, so I think I won like 1150 off of that, like on a dollar bet or something, you know? So that's pretty good. That So I'm going to have more fun. And I think by the end... I'm going to come out a little past even. Cool. I'm going to be able to write myself and I'll be like at like $60. <laughs> Everyone else is losing like cuz I listen to some of these other podcasts and they're like, "Yeah, so you put like a put like 100 bucks on that one." And I'm like, "Wait a second. Right. You're doing more than 5 bets." Yeah. That's a lot of money. Like I can't and but then you start realizing why sports betting is really what runs sports. You know, I never, I always knew that, but now that I'm kind of doing it and I'm realizing how quickly I realize how betting is running like all sports. And now that it's legal everywhere, I mean, dude, you could be in a stadium 
betting. Like I think when they did that new Raiders stadium in Vegas, they're losing so much money because they were opening a book inside the stadium and you can bet while the game is, you're watching it on your phone. And I think they were even going to do something like all the boxes have devices in them where you can just sit there on a screen and bet who's going to get the next uh, catch, Uh you know, all that kind. I mean, that's crazy. That is insane. Insane insane. stuff. Insane. But you wanted to talk about. Well, I wanted to say I've been doing Bitcoin, which is almost like this betting thing. And so I put a bunch of money into Bitcoin. Well, not a bunch of money. I put in a while ago. I bought stocks and I think I spent like 100 bucks, maybe 80 bucks on stocks. And I made like 110. Okay. I took that money and a buddy of mine was like, dude, put it into Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin is the future yeah i'm putting all my money really into bitcoin into and i was like okay and so i put 60 dollars into bitcoin just to see what happened and this is when bitcoin was at like 31 or thirty-two thousand dollars a coin and so i just and it shot up to like forty thousand dollars a coin and i so i started making this money and i um, had gotten like the last couple months had been really good for freelance work. So I have money lined up for the next couple months. And I was like, man, what if I just took $500 from like next month's what I pay the family and put it into Bitcoin and see it, you know, maybe I'll make a hundred bucks. Maybe I'll make 200 bucks. Yeah. And if I could do that every month, like that would bring in a little How bit do of extra you do, money. What do you do about, is there, I is do it through a- cash app. I just go on to Cash App. I okay. have a link to my account. You can buy stocks through Cash App. But is there app. another? Oh, through the app itself? Through the app itself. You can oh, buy stocks okay. and you can buy Bitcoin. Interesting. And so then you can take, you can go from that. Now, I, I don't have very much. You know what they say with Bitcoin is if you don't have your key, you don't like you don't really own it. So you got to make sure that you get your key from Cash App. So you would have to like take your key from them and move that into another right. secure wallet. I don't really have a ton of money in there, so I'm not too worried about that at this point. But if it does start to grow, that is something that I'll do. So um, I had, was watching Bitcoin. I had 500 bucks in there. I had was up almost $100 that I made. And then all of a sudden, I guess all the miners, there's like mine, there's so much stuff to Bitcoin that I don't really understand, but there's miners who go back and make sure that Bitcoin isn't being spent twice and they track how it's being used. And you can make a bunch of money that way. And so at the end of the year, all the miners make apparently what they made or what they do is like maybe they cash out of Bitcoin. But anyways, I guess it happens a lot. Bitcoin just drops like right yeah, around this yeah. time and it's all inflated from the miners and then it dropped. So it dropped like 10 grand and I just saw all of that money that I thought oh, I made disappear. But you now, have your money though still. I still have my money. I essentially like I had 600 and almost $700 with like what I made in Bitcoin and it's dropped down to like 580 I think when okay. we started this podcast. So it's not all the way. Maybe it's back up to $600. So it's like I'm still I haven't lost my money, but I'm in that spot where I like was like, oh, man, this is like, you know, I won my $10 bet. I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, but in the scope of things like losing $500 or $100 in Bitcoin is like. Bitcoin drop is in the so bucket to so many people, you know. Uh, yeah, and that's the true is because I think people put a lot of money into that. Wasn't yeah. there some guy? I find I think that it's so interesting because it's really just a concept, right? That yeah. because you own the key to this these series of numbers or something, it 
it is a commodity. Yeah. And then it just be, I mean, I, I can't, honestly, my mind doesn't work that way. I can kind of understand it when someone explains it to me. I think in the end, it is just like anything else. It is like a betting market. Oh, totally. Right? I it's mean, just yeah, a it's futures. A it's, it's, it's just, just gambling. Like, it's just like stock, but I just see like that Just like the it stock market. More. When I started, I worked at this place called Daytech Online. Oh, yeah, you told me that. And I got there and I said, I really want to learn about this stock, but what is it? And the more I learned about it, the more I came to see that it was total bullshit. <laughs> and it was just about setting up a bunch of rules so you could then pervert those rules to secretly be able to make more money than other people. And I just can't, that's never been my focus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if you were going to make like a movie out of it or a story or something like, I'd be like, Ooh, that's cool. Let's do it. But just the, the accumulation of wealth has never been that important to me. Even when I'm doing like the betting thing, it's not about, it's more about like watching the game and mm -hmm. getting into it. So for the Bitcoin thing, I think that could be smart, but I don't know that I would get, I don't know that I would be as into it as like a sporting thing. Like, cause people really get into it and the stock market too. I yeah. don't think I could really get, I never really got into it, you know? Cause I it, feel like it fluctuates so much that yeah. I enjoy just looking. I, I mean, I look at it like five times a day and I'm like, Sick. Oh wow. Bitcoin. <laughs> like, and because sometimes it's like, wow, I've made $20 in the last hour. But Do you know why? And any, for any reason? No fucking clue. No, that's fucking why I clue. mean, like, and I I'm, wanna... I'm not really trying yeah. to find out. It's more of, I just like wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Just let's just, let's just check the money meter, baby. Totally, totally. Let's see what imaginary <laughs> money I made. I'm making right now. I so, love it. I let's love move it. on. Bitcoin was fun, okay. but you had a couple things you wanted to talk about. Which one did you want to talk about? Well, um, I mean, I think everyone's talking about it. The storming of the Capitol. Oh, it's okay. crazy to think it. that we walked away from that and recorded our podcast when a lot of that shit was happening and we kind of we kind of missed it. Um, I do want to go back and state that I apologize. I oh. had said shout out to Stacy and didn't say shout out to Stacy Abrams. I right. I felt like I owed her a little bit more respect than just oh, okay. saying her by I, the first name. Oh, okay. So I, I just wanted to go that. back and and clear that one up a little. Um, but yeah, that was really crazy. And, you know, my parents live down in Southern California and COVID is like on the, like the rise. It's insane yeah. down there from my understanding. And so I just wanted to call my mom. I know that, you know, we never really discuss politics cause she doesn't want to discuss it. And so I wasn't calling to talk about the storming, but, um, I was just calling to check in on her. I just wanted to see how she was doing. And so, call her and she's like how are you doing and i'm like oh i'm good and i hadn't told her about the podcast because my mom like kind of like overreacts anytime i mention smoking weed you could see she's just like she has this like look on her face like oh my god i can't believe my son you know oh. as if it's like the worst thing on earth um and so i didn't really want to mention the podcast to her because i didn't want her to listen and then be like oh my god son how much weed are you smoking and you just like freak out on me <laughs> but i told her about this podcast and she goes oh well that's really unfortunate like she was like bummed 
the, the hear the weed smoking part and completely ignored the part of me saying like how into it I was and how how much yeah. fun I'm having doing it. She completely ignored that part and just listened to the weed part. And then I some I go I, I talked I was talking about what we talk about. I go we kind of talked about like the storming of the Capitol. And she goes, well, you know, we had friends that were there. And I'm just, and I'm like driving in my truck and I just go fuck yeah. in my head. I'm just like fuck. And she goes. And they said that they saw that it was Antifa. Our friends saw his the hands, the, the, the tattoos on the hands. And I just start laughing. I just start cracking that up. That is a good reaction. Because that's all I could do. Because yeah. if I didn't, I was going to start crying. Yeah. You know, like, I was just like, I can't believe my mom is telling me this right now. Like, I thought that even though we didn't see eye to eye politically, that we could both agree that what was happening wasn't good. And her first reaction, I didn't see that until I like went home and I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? She admitted that this was wrong. She admitted that the storming of the Capitol was wrong because Antifa did it. Right? So if Antifa was the one that was responsible or... The actual people who did it were the ones that were responsible. Either way, it's not it's not okay. It's not a good thing. You know? And so like I realized I was like, ah, so at least she realizes that it's not a good thing. But the to That's go an interesting to, point. You know, like a lot of people are admitting like, oh, this is terrible. Antifa did okay, this. I see your point. I see which is which is this. It it is disturbing that it happened. Yep, and it is disturbing that people need to lie about who the actual people who are responsible for it are because that's propaganda ish, and right. we, uh, we've seen so much of it. But it is a good thing that it does seem that a vast majority of people believe it was not a good thing that it happened. Right. Because if they thought it was a good thing and they're in favor of overthrowing the government regardless, which has happened in many times in history, <laughs> right? And is a part of the people who did this what they desire, right? Yep. Then it's, you, that's, you know what, JD? That's a very positive, that actually makes me feel good. See, this conversation was immediately get, feeling a little tenseness a little anger because as the days have gone by i have become more upset about this not less and i'm trying to come down from it and that makes me feel a little bit better because i am not a person who has supported the united states government throughout my life right i am quite the opposite And what we have done to other countries and to our own people has not been right, even though at the same time, like so many Americans, I grew up with this idea of America, right? Mm -hmm. That we're a country of immigrants. We come together, you know, that that we got, we got to the moon, blah, 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 Right, right. Our culture, jazz, whatever it is, right? Is great things. Uh, so it does make me feel good to know as I've gotten older and have a family, the the idea of overthrowing the government and just starting anew. I see the fallacy of that because what comes before is millions of dead people. Yeah. And we don't need that. That's no. not what we need. <laughs> no. 
We've, we, you know what I'm saying? We're already there with COVID and we see that. Right. So that is a positive thing, JD. Well, I had to I find to some, I had yeah. to find something yeah. out That's of a positive it. And, and thing. I had to find it's a good way of looking to, at it. To be like, to make, to make myself feel a little bit better about the situation. Cause I like, I would have never thought that I'd be having these conversations with my parents, but then the more and more that I think about it, it's like they have to be responsible for the actions that they make, whether they check that box to vote for this person or whether they, you know, defend this person. Um, But, you know, I feel like a lot of them are just brainwashed. Like you get to a certain point where like they probably grew up their whole lives believing everything that they're kind of told. They never leave their hometown. They never like moved out and experienced the world. So they drive down the same streets every day. They see the same things every day. They listen to the same news every day. They just follow it. And these are not all bad people. And I don't know. But they just get caught. They get caught in this trap. Right where they yeah. they just kind of get fed this for a while to a point where then they're like, well, but now you got to make right. a choice, and I right. think that that's what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. See, I accept that, and throughout this time, my own personal statement, and it comes from even family. Like you're, t- my mom voted for Trump, mm-hmm. and my mom's uh, then boyfriend, now husband, my second stepfather, Bill, they both both voted for Trump, and I was talking to him the whole time. I was saying, dude, this guy is a con man yeah you know but they hated hillary clinton yes people hate they her. just hated her yeah. and my mom doesn't even watch fox news or anything she just picked up on the vibe right yep, yep. the 20 30 years of republicans telling people how awful the clintons were right. worked right yeah I mean, totally. surprise marketing worked in america right, right? but the day of his inauguration Bill and my mother called me on speakerphone to apologize on the day he was inaugurated. On the day wow. after the inauguration was over, and he said, "I." And he went on Twitter and said, "There were a million people like fighting all day." He, Bill, they were both like, "We are so sorry. We are definitely voting against him, no matter who runs. We made a huge mistake. We didn't like Clinton. You were right." How is he arguing about how many people are at an inauguration? Right, right, right. right. He's supposed to be the president now. Like they both thought that he was going to get sworn in and turned into someone different. Yeah. That he was just playing a game for the media Mm -hmm. and then he was going to step up and be a businessman. So I had the opposite thing with my mom where as soon as that reality happened, she was kind of, they were both snapped out of it and they just were never it was never able to capture them again right and i think that's maybe why he lost really is because it wasn't about the policies that never pissed them off it wasn't about kids in cages nothing none of that ever pissed them off you know what pissed them off that he was a jerk yeah that he wasn't a nice guy right and that again is marketing right totally he fucked up when he became if he had made a reagan turn when he became pre- at any time, yeah. the media kept on giving him every chance, but that's not who he is. You see, I'm trying to say what well, he because be. if he did make that turn, he would have lost that. That's the thing that, that base I don't that think just about. stormed yes, the Capitol. Right. I don't as think as soon about as he that. turned yeah. away from you know and tried to actually be a leader to everyone in this country, he yeah. would have left that aggressive base, and that aggressive base is what was showing up at all the rallies. That's what was showing up at all the counter protests. That was like that was 
who is driving through town who waving is. flags, and that's who, yeah, he, that's is. who he is. And he really. is not one. He's not your mom. He's no. not my mom. No. He's not. Um, he's not most of the people who vote. He hates the people who right. voted for him. He is the very fringe of it who does want to burn it all down. He's the Joker. Yeah. You know, in many yeah. ways, he's the Joker. I think that that movie was a lot of ways about Trump. That oh, Joker I, movie. I mean, yeah, I could draw parallels you know? to that. And because sure. I know that the director is a liberal and I don't, you know, we know Joaquin is like fucking that guy wouldn't even come in here because there's like an animal hair on the ground. <laughs> He'd be like, did you kill your dog? Be like, Joaquin, chill out. Okay. Right, right. You can have a, you can have some uh, vegetarian hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> They're in the freezer. We have spinach tortillas. <laughs> we have spinach for you, but I love him though. But my question to you is, as this is a dad's podcast too. How do you deal with that with your kids, with your sons, and and does it ever do do does your mom ever talk about this? Is it ever become a subject where it's involved with them? Because that's the reason I don't talk to my stepmother and my father, and I haven't spoken mm. to them in almost three years. Is because as soon as Trump was elected, my stepmother decided it was time to start being the most racist person that ever oh, lived because wow. she always has been. Yeah. But on the phone with my son and wow. driving in the car and yeah. dropping the N word. Wow. And I just hung up the phone. Yeah. Good for you. I just hung up. Yeah. And then I texted her. You will never speak to him again. Yeah. That's um, I'm sorry. It's over. And I was just like, that's not that. I don't play that. Right. Um. But my mom, thankfully, took the other turn. But that's mm-hmm. the way it's always been. I could have predicted that. Mm-hmm. But how do you deal with it? Well, I, you know, I had this conversation with my mom. I probably right around the time that Trump was first elected, and I was pretty heated. I mean, ever since I could vote, um, let's see, no, because the first time I voted was 2000 and that was uh i voted for ralph nader and the green party so did i in that terrible jd so did i i, see, I, I wanted nader similar. i wanted nader to get five percent so he could get I, government funded you know blah 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 yeah. all that like he was you great do when you're 18. though nader he was, was great he would have been awesome should have voted for gore we should have voted for gore we would be in a different spot so it, since then me and my dad have kind of bumped heads politically especially when bush um got reelected. me and my dad would really um argue and i just felt like my dad's views had no compassion i felt like he wasn't caring about anyone else in the world um i was really upset that he told me that he strongly believed that a marriage is only between a man and a woman and i'm like dad you don't even go to fucking church like what's that about you know and so that was he was so so, he was so catholic but he you'd never see him in no fuck no (laughs) never read a bible to save his life but he watched fox news because he gave good stock reports and so he that's what he did and you know and i kind of got to a place where i oh wait hold on we have breaking news on the podcast oh shit the house has just voted to impeach president trump for the second time making him the only U.S. president to ever be impeached twice. The resolution passed 232 to 197, a single article, incitement of insurrection. I don't know how many Republicans voted for it because my my math is not great. Wow. Now, I saw somewhere that Mitch said that he will not bring the Senate in to vote on this until after the inauguration. So they will yeah, not be smart. able to impeach him until afterwards. But he can still get impeached afterwards and lose all of those. 
the Fourteenth Amendment after the Civil War. The Fourteenth Amendment, part of the Fourteenth Amendment, was a was the Article Three, which states that Congress can declare people ineligible to run for federal office based on them being insurrectionists. Mm -hmm. This was to prevent the people from the South running for federal office or, be, or becoming president and reversing mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So instead, they just took over all the Southern states, yeah. <laughs> disenfranchised <laughs> everyone, and destroyed Reconstruction. But um, nine Republicans voted yes, which is yippity, yippity day. I can't believe nine. only nine people. Like that's, like, that's still scary. That's, you know? Yeah. Like, nope. the fact that that many people are still like, well... This wasn't that bad. Yeah. I mean, there's the the, the videos and the photos though. are insane. They, I know. they beat a cop, dragged him down the stairs, beat him with American flags. It's it was so it's so like, silly. What? And these are the people who say blue lives matter. I know. But really what they meant is Nazi ideas matter. Yeah. Like that's well, all that shit them? was, right? There's that great sticker of the blue from the blue lives matter stripe being pulled back and it's just, you could just barely see the Nazi flag coming behind. I thought it's that was really just sad such that a all smart these, sticker. All these symbols you think about when we were growing up, man, and people would say like you should be a priest. You should be a cop. You should <laughs> right. be a politician. Yeah. You know, like now you think about the only, you should be a lawyer. The only thing that survived is a doctor yep. Yep. <laughs> or wait, a fireman. A wait, fireman. we talked about this, yeah. right? It's just, it's really crazy that this has all been turned around, but yeah. I, hopefully we can turn it back the other way with some good reform. Um, and yeah, it's gonna take going to take some some magical magical shit to bring everyone back together, though. But man. we got to teach it. But wait, are you? I wanted to so, hear what you yes. said about your kids and your dad. So we got about distracted. so about yes, going back to that. So me and my dad have never really agreed politically, and we just since then have learned like I just can't really bring it up. And maybe two or three times a year, it gets brought up into these big arguments. Like one time, he uh, included me in a group text with his football buddies, and um, they sent a picture of Obama. Obama as a turd being flushed down the toilet and it said this is the blue wave that's coming and I was like dad you can't let your friends send racist texts like this that's like this is not cool And he's like oh and he's like so he was like so quick to jump to their defense and here's the thing that upsets me the most about both of my parents in this is they have never never listened to my idea in terms of Pollock, they've never li- actually listened to my point of view. They've never said, JD, how do you really feel about this? We want to give you a space to talk about it. I try to talk to him about it. It's immediately defense and like they're on full attack. My mom, I remember like my mom telling me that she's like, I don't really, you know, follow politics. It makes me uncomfortable. So I don't really get into discussions. And then all of a sudden she turned with this fire in my eye and she goes, but Obama, that mother. And I was just like, whoa, like what? Whoa, whoa. Why is it that the people who are always don't want to talk about it or don't really follow politics are the most hateful Dude, bastard. It's <laughs> I don't really follow it, but Obama is a Muslim devil. Right. And, and that's all I think. It's like that. Can we defen- have ice cream now? You know what it is? It's the <laughs> idiot defense. It's the idiot defense of being like, well, you know, I'm not very well educated, but 
I'm going to tell you my point of view and not let you have just yours. My fe- well, it's the same way that Trump would say, I heard, or, right, right. you know, a lot of people feel, or yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah, yeah. think. Yep. Yeah, it's a way of taking personal responsibility away from it, which right. is the basis of the whole Republican right. Party. But so, how do you deal with it with the kitties? I want to so know. I, you ever at, talk at, about it? At, when these things come up with my parents, I have told them, I'm like, hey, if you're going to have strong ideas about this, and if any of this is mentioned in front of my kids, like you will not be seeing them. Okay. Like cool. I, I, I told I was like, I, I don't stand for that stuff. And so if you're going to do that, it's, you've got to, you've got to do that somewhere away. And even when you're not, even the fact that you are doing it really upsets me. And so you're kind of on thin ice as it is. Yeah. And my mom fired back like, you better not use these kids as a weapon between. Oh, and I'm like, man. no, that is not what this they is. Deep, this, oh, oh, dude, my family knows how to like find that thing inside of you that if they push that button, you'll fucking lose. Like it, they're so good. Like my sister is so good at being just like, oh yeah, well, and then just hitting you with something that's just like, <laughs> oh shit, that's so fucked up. And there's no remorse oh, for man. it. You know, it's kind of yeah, like tough. that's how it, that's how it's always been. Is and I feel that's why I'm witty, is because. Sometimes it was I, like a defense mechanism, I, you know, hey, like man, you say something and the parents fire back and then I've yeah. got to be able to be like, yeah, well, but you have know, you, da, da, da. has your family tried for the future and for your kids? Like with my stepmother and my father there, you seem to be able to still have a dialogue with them, with my yeah, stepmother but, and my father, I can't even have a dialogue. So that's yeah. why there cannot be a communication because the idea that saying things like this in front of a child are harmful, they laugh yeah. at. Right. Oh, come on. Right, you know? right. Everything's a joke or whatever, or blah, blah, blah. You know, come on. You're from Jersey, too. You know how we talk. Blah, blah. Right. No, I just I can't do it. My mother, on the other hand, is not like that at all. Mm-hmm. She is extremely respectful about that, about that kind of stuff when it comes to my son or any of my friends or girlfriends I've had never had an issue with it. So I've been able to work with actually my brother and my sister and my mom, I think to try to have a more, a less uh, contentious relationships Mm -hmm. in general. We all are open about it and talk about it and Hey, let's not go down that road or, you know, this is very negative. Let's try to, that may have been because we all went to like therapy together mm-hmm. after my parents' divorce. But did your family ever do anything like that or try to no, kind of was... work together towards positivity? No, there was never like mental health was never anything talked oh, about. See, it, that's what I kind of grew up with right. that stigma of like thinking that if you went to a therapist, you there was like something wrong with uh, you. It, well, that's you know? very common. And very so common. Um, there was no, there's no really talking about your feelings. And, and this is like what I'm realizing now is like, I, I, like I would, I would love to be able to have a relationship with my mom where I can call her and talk to her about anything. And that's yeah. the kind of relationship that I want to have with my child, yeah. right? Like my child can call me and talk to me about anything and I will give them a safe and you're space. Like the, and, I, and you're like that right now, that. dude. I see it when you're, when, and I think we're the, that's why our kids get along. And I think that that's why I always trust Lachlan mm-hmm. with you and your wife, because 
if a kid says something wrong or weird or scary or bad or to just jump down their throat immediately is the absolute worst thing to do right. because most often when a child says something that's outrageous, they're exploring. They don't understand what they're saying. Right. Or they're just, they're really just communicating pure emotion and the words don't have the same meaning that they do to an adult. And I think that that is a big difference. And I found that with my mom and my dad, whereas my father did not understand this concept. Mm -hmm. My mother very much understood it. She wasn't always able to follow through because of her own issues and being a human. But I think that when I see you, like when I ever, when I see, I mean, we both yell at our kids sometimes. I mean, yep. they're, they're crazy boys. But when I see Xander or Nico, I mean, Nico in particular, that kid's like a fucking, he's like a human bowling ball. <laughs> he just rolls through life. Yeah. You know, I mean, he see he, any object he sees, we said, it's just to jump off of, mm -hmm. but you're always like talking to them and approaching it as if it's an idea and let's discuss it. Rather than you're terrible, you just did something wrong, or we have to shut you down, or you're a dumb kid. Right? Yeah. There's know? no. There, are we. I, I so I think you're. I, I just wanted to tell yeah. you. I think you're following through with that because I, I think breaking I mean, that I think cycle is important. I can always improve. I can yeah. always improve. Right? Yeah. Like we could always improve. That's what life's about. But, but um, breaking the cycle is important, man. Totally. It, because I see it. Because I like my mom. Um, we started to connect because my wife is really into spirituality. Like she is into like new age medicine. She's a healer. She's gotten me into this kind of lifestyle. I mean, like I'm meditating every night. I never used That's to great. meditate. Um, tarot cards, like what? And like, I'm like, yeah, let's flip tarot cards. Like this is all like new <laughs> stuff to me and really exciting. Cool. And it's helped me like grow as a human being and tried to teach me some good life lessons and so my it's mom is like getting into it right and she's into this guy abraham hicks and abraham hicks is all about positive energy but what's wrong with my mom is my mom's like i'm gonna stuff every negative feeling deep down inside oh, okay. me and i'm only gonna be positive oh Oh, I'm sorry that you're going through that, but you know what? If you just smiled and were positive, maybe you'd have better things. You know, and it's just like, yeah. oh, no, no, that's not how it works. Yeah. You have to be able to address all your feelings. Well, you it's gotta, about being able you... to understand all your emotions and being free to feel those emotions yeah. and to work through them. That is like being spiritual and having your shit together, but just being like, uh -uh. Only positive feelings. Nope. Can't talk about that. That's negative. Well, like that is not going to help yeah. you. And that's how my family is that my family's like, Oh, something that's like we, that we should actually probably discuss as a family. Let's not. And, uh, can we change the subject maybe to like the car or college football wow, or something yeah, that's really easy to talk about? That's you know? rough, dude. Cause we were the opposite. We did almost like too much. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. too much into everybody's business and everything. And I think that's why at a certain point, I mean, I think that's why I live in Portland. My sister lives in Ohio. My brother lives in New York. <laughs> my dad and my stepmother live in Florida. My little brothers in Hoboken, like we're all across the country. And mm -hmm. I think one reason for me too, as soon as I could get out, I was out. Right. Um, even though I did come home a lot during the first year of college, but then I was out. That's fair. That was because I like to watch TV. <laughs> 
I'm serious. <laughs> we didn't have cable. You'd come home. To we didn't have cable at college. I would go home on the weekend. Why you go home every weekend? Don't you want to party and everything? Like we don't even have fucking cable here, bro. Yeah. I'm going home. Oh man. Um, but uh, my uh, my mom was really into therapy. And one of the things that I see, because I consider myself and have taken, you know, I've been more spiritual minded at times in life. I've always been more of a, um, I'm just a tech head and I'm a Mm -hmm. sci-fi futurist nerd. Mm -hmm. So everything spiritual, I've always equated to uh, metaphysical or physics that we don't understand yet. You know, things like if you talk to me about... ESP or precognition, any of these things, to me, that's really more of a form of psychic time travel than it is Mm. any type of outside force working on you because I don't believe there is any outside forces working on us. I think it comes from us or the, or I understand the idea of an outside force, but what I'm saying is I don't think it is conscious. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. No it's conscious just like, intent. No, it's, we it's provide just the conscious intent. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Right. We provide the conscious intent. And that's why I would say I'm an atheist mm-hmm. or agnostic because I, I believe we are the ones who provide that. But for me, the dividing line has always been are you good? The thing and why I think therapy is great is because. You have to dig in the dirt before you plant the flowers. Yes. And if your Oof. philosophy is we're just going to throw a bunch of seeds and it magically is going to spring up and everything's right, right, happy. Right. The power of positive thinking is bullshit. Right. Because you can't if you just think positively, you're pushing out other things. You're acting you're you're creating a duality in your mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, you need to go for acceptance. And the only way you can find acceptance is to find how you truly feel about something, challenge your notions to the very core of it, where they come from. And that's a process of pain and hurt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And vulnerability that I think this Trump side stands against that's why i think when like i was a huge fan of tool you know tool i love tool (laughs) yes and they had this song what uh what is it like 36 plus one or 20 like Mm, the human consciousness expanding those who are for the digging in the dirt the finding right they're facing the truth and moving forward and those who are against it and who see vulnerability as a weakness right and that I think when I talk, when I see, you know, you get into so many different debates about Trump or why people voted for Trump. And, but then when you actually talk to people, it's so simple. It's like you're either can accept vulnerability and love or you want to hide everything and pretend it's all good or not talk about it. And that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not like you're a bad person, you're a good person, but that only leads to further confusion totally because you're never dealing with the true issue no. of what got you there no. and that's why i always thank my mom even though she's you know have a complicated relationship she got us into therapy when we were young and i went to therapy when i was in college mm-hmm. i had an awesome therapist who i used to talk about tripping with and all this kind of stuff when lachlan before Lachlan was born, I went back to therapy for like a couple of years just to talk about things about being a dad and stuff yeah, yeah. 
podcasting for me is a form of therapy as oh, we're talking sure. here we're doing it for sure. you know the people that i've always enjoyed podcasting with the most now you're on that list oh awesome are people who include their own personal thoughts and ideas in what they're talking about yeah. you know and not try to obfuscate and just say that's just an idea in the air mm-hmm. you know but when it comes to lachlan he intrinsically understood when we stopped talking to Nana, my stepmother, he knew he never asked why again because he, he didn't like that. He right. he felt the negativity and the anger and he would say things to me like, Why she's kinda angry or Yeah. Why, you know, she hung up quickly or she, you know, it was like a lot of stuff. Like there was always this idea, even at the youngest of ages, he could understand. But with my mom, he'll call her on his, um, his little Amazon thing is echo or his whatever that thing's called. Do you hear that? What yeah. is that? Oh, it's somebody driving by the garage. Um, yeah, we got the uh, garage door. Yeah, open. the garage door is open. Back We're in the sun. Background noise, is, but it is feels like summertime here. Yeah, in I know. Today. I might we take another that. hit. This could be like a two-hour pod. Uh-oh. Um, but he loves talking to my mom, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why, because she will not talk about any of this stuff. And if he says something that she disagrees with, she just doesn't. He's a kid. You don't right, talk about right. that kind of stuff yeah. with kids. I don't think my parents would ever you know? talk about that with them. My that's kids good. Because some parents don't know how to draw that. That's right. where it was for me because I've had pr- issues where I say to people, if your parents are like this, don't let them around your kids. You can't trust them. They're going to say that. I right. say, but that's because of my experience, you know, right. so yeah. I can't always push it on to other people. Yeah. But my experience was that they would not stop. You know, especially my stepmother had to bring it up all the time with anything he said. Mm-hmm. If she, if he mentioned like there's this girl in his class, if she has a, a maybe a a name that she immediately thought that they were African American, right? Mm-hmm. She'd have to say something racist about the nice name. Do you know what I right, mean? Like something yeah, like that. Right. You can sense that those little. I tell Lachlan about microaggressions. Yeah, yeah being a little mean all the time. Mm-hmm. Actually, I talked about that with Nico. Mm. With Lachlan giving Nico microaggressions. Oh yeah. All the time saying to Nico, "Go over there." Or do the, like don't do that to him. Yeah, yeah. We've had a, actually we had one of those conversations all three of them the other day down playing at the house and I came Good. out and it was Lachlan and Xander versus Nico again. And I came out and I looked at Xander and Nico and I go, "What if one of you were here and there was two older boys playing with you and both of those older boys were not including you were teaming up against you yep. and were not letting yeah. you Dude, have I a almost fair said say. the same talk with and, Lachlan. And Lachlan and Xander both like just stared at me and I was like, would you guys like that? And they're like, no. And I'm like, so then why do you think Nico likes this? Why do you think he like, yeah. why would he enjoy this kind of behavior? So then Nico and Lachlan teamed up and it wasn't five <laughs> minutes and Xander's running into the house crying because now Lachlan and Nico have teamed up against so Xander. basically my son always has to be the one. He's always got to have a teammate, you know? I mean, there's, but he's always being mean. Dude, there's the dynamics between a 
kid who is the only child at home and brothers, yeah, yeah. you could, I mean, Erica is an only child and I have siblings. So even our differences, we see that in the three of them. And we're always just like, oh, look at that. That's, that's brother behavior or that yeah. single child behavior. Like, and you can, you could see it. And it, there's nothing cool. right or wrong about it. Cause you know, I'm a firm believer that ever since the very beginning of bringing your child into this planet, they're already going to have to go to therapy for something that you did. Yeah. So you already fucked up. So it doesn't really matter. That's you life, know what I mean? You know, like, yeah. but to, it's like you're going to grow up with something like you you can't have both of the best of both worlds like it's not possible you know i never thought about erica i knew she was an only child but i never thought about talking to her about that experience because perry has one brother i have Mm. a brother older brother and a younger sister and a much younger half brother who's like 18 years younger than me that i didn't grow up with really obviously i was 18 by the time i was born but I have a lot of only child tendencies. Mm. I guess I was the middle child, and mm-hmm. sometimes you're either the one who is looking for all the attention, or you're the one who wishes that the other two were gone. Yep. And I kind of vacillated between <laughs> both of them because I often say, like, I. I kind of dig that Lachlan's an only child. I think in some way I'm living my fantasy Mm -hmm. and I don't want to hurt my brother or sister's feelings. I love them to death. And so much of my childhood was with them and especially my sister. Right. And, but I always kind of felt like, I wish I was the only kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like these two are annoying. <laughs> I think that's how Xander feels. I think Xander wanted you know? to be an only child. Yeah. And maybe in some I ways, think my he brother was felt to be. like that too yeah. <laughs> with me. Like when Nico came along, he was just like, what the fuck? It's like yeah. having a cat and bringing home a, kit, a kitten or a puppy, yeah. and that cat looks at you and is just like, oh, oh you. God. I could really only imagine, like, I thought about, like, what happens if all of a sudden, just, you know, crazy miracle occurrence perry was all of a sudden pregnant like i said that to her what happens if you all of a sudden got pregnant and we had a kid and we're both like lachlan would probably smother that baby in the crib (laughs) like within an hour of it being brought home and he'd just be like i thought it liked to eat the blanket I don't know, mom. I mean, I thought it eats blankets, right? It's a baby. Oh, man. Like he, I don't think that he could handle it. Um, but it's interesting having an only child as opposed to the that brother dynamic. You're right. He really gets in the middle of that, but he's learning. And I think that he is trying to do what we say. Because mm-hmm. when they were here the other day, he teamed up with Nico too. Right. You know, and but, but it's really, weird. it should be Lachlan versus Nico and Xander. But it's but I think one of the reasons why that doesn't happen is because Lachlan is huge, and when they play these games, he's like the big. So it's almost like right. one team has to have the big guy. Do you know what right. I mean? Like the big guy is never alone. The big guy has you have to kind of even it out a little bit or something. Yeah, but I feel like the big guy should be alone. It should be two people versus the big guy. <laughs> it makes it's sense, not like but in David and it's not David and Goliath versus somebody know, else. But you know, but in kid logic, it's almost like insurmountable. It's oh, like well, the big what it is is alone. they they both love the shit out of Lachlan. <laughs> well, maybe so it's like well, yeah. if you don't have them, I've got them. Well, you know, like so they both. I mean, they all want to be on his team just as much. You know. Oh uh, well, that's sweet. That's a nice way to think about it. Um, So 
What else did we have to chat about? Well, how how long are we going here? I don't care. Okay, I'll talk a little bit more. Erica, I'll hit one more Erica subject. did want me to make sure I wasn't staying out too late. All right, whatever um, you want to do, she's buddy. Got her hands full today, but I did want to touch base. Uh, just kind of speaking about spirituality, and oh, I want to finish and just say that you know, growing up, I felt like I was very loved by my parents, and I don't want that to go misunderstood. I think my parents did the best that they could and gave me a safe environment to grow up in. As I am now older, I'm just yeah. reflecting on my life and thinking about what could have made my life better and how can I learn from those lessons and be better towards my kids. And so that's why I feel like I dig- I'm digesting a ton of this old stuff with my parents and new stuff with my parents yeah. in this way is because I'm really trying to figure out like what is my path as a dad and how how am I going to learn because from the very beginning I see a lot of the negative things that I picked up from my parents that I know my parents don't like having but they got from their parents who yeah. got from their and you know and it just all goes back and so Dude, it's like how do you DNA, break that baby. cycle you know well you know what though JDC on your part again I have to say that I think that it's very positive that even though you disagree, you still have the ability to communicate because I wish that I could have that relationship with my stepmother and my father. I wish that they were not so far radicalized that we couldn't even discuss it because I previous to the election, I had many discussions with my stepmother a little bit with my dad. He's not as in great health mentally, but and I, I found it to be interesting and stimulating to have a discussion with a person who disagreed and be able to talk about it, even if she was like, you're crazy. And I'm like, you're crazy. We were still talking, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that is a good thing. And that shows that at least because that worries me because I don't ever want to have a point where like Lachlan is like. I'm not talking to you, dad. We need to not right. talk for right. two years or something. I, I don't think that's a good positive thing no but in your life you do have to make a decision about what you feel is right for your kids and for your own life so i had to make that decision now i'm I'm not cutting it off forever if if they were to see the light and to come to a point to say hey we were wrong we obviously this went too far right i very much speak to them i very much be willing to do that Um, but I would have to still, there's other factors that mitigate a relationship, but then again, it's a lot easier for me. Your parents are in California. Mm -hmm. My, my parents are 6,000 miles away on the totally opposite side of the country. So it's just a phone FaceTime relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I guess for your parents too, that's still very, I forget I'm from Jersey. I'm always thinking like, Oh, I'm in Boston. I could get to New York in three hours, (laughs) but Southern California is very far away from us. It's a good drive. And you know, when we first had kids, my parents were up here a lot to visit, but they never visited me before that. And so, you know, that's, that was kind of strenuous on the relationship is like, Oh, now you only want to hang out because I have grandchildren. Like you didn't want to come visit me when I didn't have grandchildren, you know, and so had that issues like that's um, part of my parents relationship. And so then that's trickled down into the kids now and then these political. And so it's just, you know, trying to, you know, part of life is just navigating navigating all but that you're trying that's but i'm a trying good thing. and i yeah and i remind myself all the time like if i wasn't questioning myself about my behavior or if i wasn't having these conversations with you or whatever you know like i i would be a 
terrible parent because I'm not trying to learn, but I really yeah, am trying to learn and trying time. to grow. And, you know, so. Um, so, yeah. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Um, so, like I said, me and my wife are getting uh, or my wife's really into tarot cards. And so the other night she was like, I want to read you. Um, I want to do these cards. I I had our uh, oldest son, Xander, bought her a new deck. It's not a tarot card deck per se it's in between somewhere between tarot and animal cards and it's um these native american um it's called sacred path cards and the author is jamie sams interesting and so it's kind of like these native american stories that are involved it's not part of the oracle which is i guess what uh, tarot cards are i'm not I really have not a lot of uh, understanding about these things. I'm just learning and going through it. But um, my my wife's got me doing this uh, kundalini yoga, which is like this repetitive motion meditation. Oh, my God. It's the hardest stuff ever. You're like swinging your arms above your head for like five minutes at a time. And my arm, my shoulders are just like gassed. I can't move. And you're repeating these words over and over. But it's been really great. Kundalini Um, sounds sexual, though, to me. Is there anything involved with that? No, no. But doesn't it sound that way, though? It's like, I think that kind of yoga is like, yes, it does. Kundalini. I gave her some kundalini. Kundalini, Yes. Um, I think that's like repetitive action like yoga and so the actual meditation is uh subha kriya okay which is like an abundance meditation cool but anyway so we do that stuff but so she's like after we did our meditation she's like let's read tarot cards and i pulled the talking stick tarot card and i just wanted to read a little bit about what the talking stick was because this was right after our first episode of the podcast and i was kind of like on this like Oh man, I made this podcast high. Like when I start new projects like this, I get into a, like a high from it. Like maybe it's yeah. weird, but like I go back and listen to the podcast of course. again. That's awesome, dude. I, I'm like, glad to I, hear like, that. Me too. Talk about it. I'm like excited to make these. You know, like a lot of a lot of me goes into this. So um, I was thinking about that, and so this passage from the book that goes with the tarot cards read. Um, If the talking stick has appeared in your spread, you are probably not allowing yourself any options in your present situation or have become too stuck on one idea to see any further than yourself created than your self-created tunnel. So I was like thinking about like me as a photographer and I've been like, that's what I want to do is like photo and this visual image and just thinking like going after that and then thinking about, Oh, so maybe that's like my self-created tunnel that I've created. Um, Open up and listen to the opportunities that the talking stick says are coming your way. Remember, all life signals and or options are available to those who will hear. You are being given an opportunity to grow through an alternative route. Use this gift now. And I was like, oh, my God, it's the podcast. That is it, baby. You I know, like I, I just kind of I just thought that that yeah. was kind of uh, the, the coincidences of that card being pulled like I was like, oh man, that's kind of special, and so I wanted to share that. I dig it. You know, I actually have a tarot card tattooed on my arm. That's right. Yeah, I have the tower from Stephen King for the actual. It's like a copy of the picture that was in the. It was a special edition that I got that had like a picture, or, or maybe it was from the regular paperback. I can't remember, but um, yeah, I got that card, the tower. That great That's story. Cool. That's interesting. You've man. got that tattoo and the Nirvana tattoo. The Nirvana, right? and I have a little tattoo, a little Japanese uh, symbol on my ankle for wood. 
Because uh, I got wood. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just a chub. I only have a chub right now. Just because you're It's rotten. not full wood. We're in a podcast here. Uh, that'll come later. Um, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of funny. I like that. You know, see, this is, why I, this is why I've always been interested, even though I am very... Um, I don't know. It's it's not the right way to say science minded, but that's just the way I think that I equate spirituality more towards therapeutic things mm-hmm. than I do, like I'm saying, to an outside energy or force. Yeah, I feel it's just about these these things. When you get into them, it's a way of exploring yourself and challenging yourself. That I think is a positive thing to come from that. Yeah. You know, with all things, whether it's spirit religions whatever you know it's when it becomes dogmatic and about following a set of rules or enforcing a world view on yourself or others when it begins you know that's yeah. that's when i pick up the uh axe and fight like a farmer as jimmy said <laughs> right well yeah i got a great spiritual group there's four of us shout out to rich and delicious it's Ooh, delicious um, yeah yeah like that's it. that's what our little uh text thread is called um and there's some pretty special people and uh we we don't hold anything back when we talk we do these like sunday brunches and we get together and and that's with your wife too that's with my wife our friend maria and our friend robert who just moved to um florida and robert's like a spiritual he's like or he's like a life coach okay maria's like maria's a chiropractor and like a spiritual worker like healer and then uh, my wife does uh, body work and women's health. She does like um, pelvic floor and um, vaginal steaming. And I got to get my vagina steamed, dude. Man. Honestly, I've steamed before and it is amazing. Wait, you steamed your vagina? Dude, you can steam your tank. <laughs> there are benefits to men steaming. You got to keep it much. clean down dude, there. Dude, it, it helps with impotence. It helps with a number of things. And it's something that like, interesting. is so relaxing and actually is very comfortable and uh, look it up dudes it's actually not uh, not that weird um so we get together on like sundays like this sunday we're gonna get together and we'll do these like weird sessions where we'll dive into some super heavy stuff and just be open and free and talk about it and allow everyone to show up evenly and just have a say and talk about how things are going. And man, it is so helpful and it is so like inspiring to hear. That's deep. These all, everyone brings a point of view and every, and you know, I started these conversations and I really didn't know any of these people very well, except for my wife and my wife was doing them. And I just didn't know what to expect. I thought that I was stepping into a room with a bunch of super intelligent people and I wasn't going to be able to hold my own. But I just showed up, as Robert would say, really raw and just was open to share whatever like was being talked about in an honest way and found that like as long as pe- as long as we have these conversations where we all allow each other to show up like this, man, we can learn so much from each other. And, that's all, that's different you know, though. I think to me that's interesting because you're doing that with your wife. Like I think about that's a di- that's a different mm-hmm. dynamic. Yeah, you know what I'm saying when yeah. when when that when different subjects come up as well. Oh, but totally. Because there's been cool. moments where me and my wife have been put like through the ringer yeah. in some of these conversations where we're just is that like, part of it though that you yeah guys kind of know it's like, that it's part of your marriage too. Totally. Like if, okay, if that's we it. can't yeah, that's cool. if we can't like discuss that. these 
these things yeah. as a married couple, then you know that that's going to lead to things in our relationship. Yeah, see, but my wife was she would never talk with another person in the in the room. Yeah, I mean it's that's not tough. easy. It's not yeah. easy. Everyone has to show up and be willing to show up for it to work. Yeah, Perry's but, good at it, and we have great talks. And I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, she's my wife. I wouldn't marry someone that I didn't feel could right. talk, and you know, I'm such a talker. She's a great listener. But she, it's very much just between us. So that's yeah. interesting having another person. Anyone in a relationship knows that whenever another person can come into the dynamic. Mm-hmm. But I think that shows a strength in your marriage to be able to do that. And to, because you kind of have to become a different person, right? Because you're like, you're like yourself and a couple at the same time when you're around other people. Well, you know what I I'm mean, saying? I think it can be hard to navigate depending. Well, I'm just, I'm thinking yeah. that you're talking about deeper ish issues that of yourself. And you know what I mean? Like, I guess I'd say that you're always aware that your wife is, yes, to you. your yeah. partner is there, yeah. but you're hoping that they're going to show up just like you're showing up. Yeah. And so you have that trust in them. And so you're it's so it, it feels okay or safe to do so right yeah, so you cool. don't so it's not like i never feel like it's um you know like i never feel like i'm speaking for her and and, and, and you know the topics of the conversations aren't that um heavy like aren't some aren't really like based always on relationships it's sometimes it's just about wealth and abundance and yeah. how we're handling ourselves but anyway i didn't want to go too far down this road but um yeah, it's That's cool. it's, it's always a, it's a nice it's a nice outlet, and if you can find those friends that you can, we say like we would never have I never have any other friends like this that I could talk about these things with in this way, and it's really special. That's awesome. So find find those friends if you can. Yeah. Well, I think I have, and I think that friend JD is sitting right across from me in the garage, baby. Oh, man. What a way to end the yes, podcast, that was great. people! That was Wrapped great. it up to the end just to tell you thank you for downloading, thank you for listening and subscribing. Did we get any emails? We got no emails. Okay, but you send know what? us an email. Yes, people. we want to know how many of you parents out there are raising your kids to be competitive. Oh, that's a good topic. An important trait to you, or do you see it as something that you try to shy away, uh, shy your kids away from? Send us your thoughts to two not so rad dads at gmail.com. And uh, if we get enough emails, we'll talk about it yeah. next week. Okay, competitive this. Yeah, because you know what? I was thinking Facebook about it. Page. I feel like sometimes we're different parents in that regard. And I thought we could have a pretty interesting discussion Very about it. That's so. a great one, JD. I love it. All right. Make sure to also leave us a review. And thanks. Five people left us a review. Yes. One person said that this was the best podcast that was ever recorded. I'm not saying it was me, <laughs> but it could have been. And then it another person been. said that they, would in- they thought they would really really enjoy having a, a beer, beer with us yeah. and they had no idea who we were <laughs> no and that was not my that was wife. not your wife that was, that was not, not my wife. wife and her last name is not in the username no either. her last name right. is not four thousand. Oh, i took some pictures of jd and i'm going to put them on the facebook page so you can see him recording the podcast you said that was going to only fans well that's we're starting that up later yeah <laughs> Yeah, right. OnlyFans is blowing up. I, my friend Donald has one. It's hot, man. Gotta I was thinking about doing out. one where I just do the dishes. Oh, baby. 
dads only fans <laughs> dads only. just dads doing shit like changing diapers <laughs> yeah, yeah. like just, just so blowing the leaves but, but you know what you could see like a like a high-powered executive woman could look at that and be like yeah that's right <laughs> do the goddamn dishes that's the one i'm gonna get i need me a man bitch there's probably a bunch of men that feel the same way too yeah that's true well yeah. i'd be doing the dishes actually i've had this new habit of doing the dishes at midnight Ooh. yeah I don't know why. Oh, I always do the dishes. Don't know why. Dishes are always done when the kids are going into the bath. That oh, way, one okay. parent can stare out the dark window <laughs> into nothing with headphones on for as 35 minutes as the other one battles the <laughs> oh, shit out of two young kids. Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Yes. You all. May- okay, wait, wait. Make sure, I'm going to read what it says, make sure to also leave us a review and delicately lay your finger over that subscribe button and push down softly until the box changes color. You won't be disappointed. All right, baby. Peace. Peace. That was great. I can't, I can hardly drive at night. Yeah, me too. That's like the way he- I am. headlights yep. coming at me just ruin me. Yep, that's the way it is for moi as well. I guess that's uh, that's a natural thing for when you get older. Old people problems. Old people problems. All right, let's do this, motherfucker. Wait, let's do this. Hit. Man, you still have some. I gotta get some more of Anton uh, and shit. Oh yeah, he gave me like you know like an ounce or more of it. He just filled up a mason jar for me. Tell him Billy's ready for a Rio. I'll get you. I'll get you some. I, I mean, he's just sitting on a bunch of weed. Like that fool doesn't I smoke like it. from the second plant. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. You ready? <coughs> oh my god! <coughs> You're listening to two not so rad dads, a weekly podcast about two dads who live on the same block and all the shit they deal with on a daily basis. Ugh. One week.